time I'm praying, <clears throat> I'm always saying, you guys can sit down. I'm so sorry. If you notice, every time I'm praying, I'm always repeating that phrase. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come to this place. And I'm not talking about the rapture. I'm talking about the presence of God taking over this place. The Bible says that everywhere Jesus went, the kingdom of God will take over. And everybody will get saved. Everybody will get healed. So we need to get used to, Lord, take, let your kingdom come to this place. God, Jesus will go to places and say, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So go to your job and pray, let your kingdom come to this place. Go to a family meeting and be, let your kingdom come to this place. Come to church, expecting and say, let your kingdom come to this place. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Well, I can tell you, some of you guys are like, you again, like you again this morning. And hey, let me tell you that it's not my doing. I'm not calling Pastor Angela and saying, hey, let me preach on Sunday. No. Let me tell you that she will call me and say, you're preaching this day and this day. Get ready and deal with it. I don't get a chance to say, no, uh, let me pray for it. No, she will say, deal with it. So, here I am, okay? I had so much trouble putting this, preparing for this message, because I got something else to preach today. And uh, I spent all my Monday and all my Tuesday working on the message I prepared for today. But the Holy Spirit, I was wrestling with the Holy Spirit. Because he got something else. So I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm preparing my message. And the Holy Spirit is like, your testimony. And I'm, no, I don't want to preach about my testimony. And I am keep on studying your testimony. And I, I, I talk about my testimony like seven months ago on a Wednesday. So I'm trying to ignore the Holy Spirit. And then to put a cherry on top, Pastor Larry, he, he sent me a message that says, don't forget to always listen to the Holy Spirit. And I feel like the Holy Spirit was like, hello? Hello? So today, I would like to share my testimony with you guys. Hallelujah. Let's go to, let's go to Revelations 12, 11. Revelations 12, 11. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, because you're so good. And it says, And they, who, who are they? We, the church. And they have defeated Him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they, one more time, they have defeated Him. Who's Him? The devil. By the blood of the Lamb and by the power of, the tes and by the power of their testimony. Hallelujah. I got news for you. Let me tell you that at the end, we win. Let me tell you that at the end of this story, we win. The church, win. Tell your neighbor, don't worry. Everything is going to be fine. Because at the end, we win. The church, we win. And how we win? The Bible says that by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of of their testimony. Your testimony. Your story. Has power. 
Your testimony, your personal testimony has power. That's one of the most powerful tools God has given you to reach people. Why? Because that's your personal story. People cannot deny that from you because it's your personal story. So your testimony has, it can make two things on people. Your testimony will give people hope. Hope is mentioned in the Bible 113 times. Do you think that's uh, important? It is very important. So your testimony will give people hope. People will see your story and say, hey, if God can do that with him, if God can do that with her, he can also do it with me. And also, your testimony will teach people that they don't have to go through that situation because they can learn it from you. Sometimes we say the only way we can learn things is if we go through that situation and learn from our mistakes. But that's not what the Bible says. We can learn from someone's testimony. Let's go there over there real quick. 1 Corinthians 10.6. 1 Corinthians 10.6. Hallelujah. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. It says, Now these things, what things? Everything that, that happened in the Old Testament. Now these things occur as examples to us from setting, from keeping us from setting our heart on evil things as they did. Who did? Our brothers and sisters in the Old Testament. So this verse is telling me that this book will help us to stay away from evil things. From their testimony we can learn. So people can learn from your testimony. So today, I would like to t share with you my testimony. And hopefully you guys, you, the teenagers, everyone in this building can uh, understand from my own personal uh, uh, mistakes. I'd like to share how God gave me a dream when I was a little kid. And that dream saved my life. Hallelujah. Do you have the, the first uh, picture, uh, Teresa? I was born in San Jose, Costa Rica. This picture right here, this was my neighborhood. The very first hard, uh, house to your right, that little house in the corner, that was my house. I was born there. I lived my childhood until I was seven, eight years old. It was just a small room. It was actually two rooms. And one we would sleep and the other one, we, we used to cook stuff and eat. I, I was born in this neighborhood. And let me tell you that we were very poor. To the point that uh, everybody in the neighborhood was very poor. Very, I mean, you can tell by the picture, right? That, that everybody was very poor. But I remember people would come to our house and give us food. And give us toys. And give us uh, clothes. So I tell my wife and my kids that we were like the poorest of the poorest. We got nothing. Nothing. And I remember uh, in, in my neighborhood, I was so used to, to see people selling drugs. Using drugs. That to me was normal. People using crack. People using cocaine. People using marijuana or weed. To me it was so normal. 
That's the environment that I was growing to. I remember I used to invite uh, friends from school to do homework in my house, and they would get traumatized to see people using drugs in the sidewalk of my house. To the point that they, they would never come back because they get traumatized. But for me, that was normal. That was the place that I was born, uh, born into. Let, let me tell you that at least, I would say that in, in that neighborhood, 65 to 70% of the people were involved in drugs somehow. Some people will be selling it. Some people will be using it. Some people will be uh, packing, packaging. Others will hide the drugs in their homes, in their homes, so the drug lords don't have to do that. And then the people they were not doing anything related with drugs, they were okay with it. They have the mentality that, you know, I was born in, in this neighborhood. This is my life. You know, this is what I have. This is what I am. And uh, I remember when I was eight years old, my brother, my older brother, he was, uh, he was an evangelist. He was like 18 years old at the moment. I was eight. He moved to Chicago, and in Chicago, he got married. So he got married in Chicago, and then he moved to Puerto Rico, and in Puerto Rico, uh, uh, to start his own church, right? So... From there, he used to come and visit us to Costa Rica uh, like every year or so. And we used to get all excited because my brother is coming. And he, we would come and stay there for three, four days. And then he would leave. And all the family, we used to go to the airport. I mean, everybody for us was like a big occasion. Like grandma, my mom, my cousins, my bro, everybody to the airport just to say bye. And I remember that in the airport, there's this door. And I think it's immigration service. And you cannot go through this door if you don't have a ticket, if you don't have a passport, if you don't have a visa. And I, I remember seeing my brother going through this door, and I want to go through that door, but they don't let me. Security will be, tell me, like, go away, kid. So I'm seeing my brother going through this door, and I really want to go through this door. And that, that just that became my dream. I wanted, I wanted to go through that door. I mean, me as a kid, I'm imagine eight years old. I used to think like, I wonder what's, what's on the other side. Maybe if once I cross to the other side, I'm in another galaxy. Maybe on the other side, everything is out of candy. So me as a child, I, I was like, I really want to go through that door. So I went back to my, to my neighborhood and everything go back to normal. My life just went back to normal still thinking about crossing that door until one day when I was 15 years old I received Jesus in my heart and because of that God opened the door for me to go to Puerto Rico and I, I was able to get a visa and, and God let me tell you that that day I crossed that door I crossed that door like I was the king of the world I went through that door saying like, hey look at me this is my password this is my visa this is me crossing that door. And because of that, I went through Puerto Rico. I went to Puerto Rico and I was able to, to see another culture, to see people with another customs. And I realized that not everybody lived like the way I was doing. And I realized that, that, that I want to be like them. 
I was able to see people with other costumes, with other, even though we speak Spanish, we speak in a different way. And I fell in love with that. And that was my new dream. I wanted to be like them. I don't want to be like these people anymore. And then because I have a, a tourist visa, I have to go back to my country. But I don't want to go back. And my brother came to me, he's being a pastor, he said, don't worry because I pray. And God told me that you will come back. So the plan for me was go back to Costa Rica, keep going to church, study. This is uh, June and December. Go back to the embassy, get another visa. And while you do that, I'm working on your residency papers. Okay? So I went back to Costa Rica. December came and they denied my visa. And that totally breaks me. That totally breaks my dream. And I got bitter. I got angry with God. And I stopped going to church. Immediately, I started hanging out with people that I was not supposed to. I remember one day, 17 years old. No, 16 years old. My, my, my young son, Diego. You're 16, right? About to be 16. <laughs> Love you, Diego. I remember one day I'm in this house and these people, they're packaging crack. And, and I used to be very afraid of drugs because I watched my sister deal with a crack addiction for years to the point that, that she would do anything for drugs. Anything for drugs. So I, didn't, I, I promised myself that I will never do any drugs. So I'm in this house and these guys, they're packaging crack. And one of them said to me, you want to help? If you can help, I can pay you. And I remember I sit in that table for maybe two hours. And when they pay me, they make me the money that a normal Costa Rican will make in one week. And I totally fell in love with that. Like, wait, I can make this money in two hours? And I fell in love with that. And in that moment, I was trapped in the lie of the devil. At 17 years old, I was selling. I was packing. I was keeping the money. At 18 years old, I was selling, I was packing, I was keeping the money that, from the drugs in my house. I was keeping the weapons, illegal weapons in my house. At this point, I was walking in total darkness. Do you have the second picture, uh, Teresa? That's me, the one in the bottom. That's me. At that point in my life, I was walking in total darkness. And let me tell you that even though I was walking in total darkness, I always saw that the love of God protected me. Let's go real quick to Psalm. Hallelujah. Psalm 23, 4. Psalm 23, 4. Thank you, Jesus. It says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they will come for me. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to say that, that, that I did not have fear, because I was afraid. There was moments that were, I was in a house where the barely present of people were so evil. But God always protected me. There was moments where I used to get in a car with a weapon in my back to go find people. And in my heart I'm praying, God, please. Don't let us find these people because if we find them, I'm going to have to shoot. 
I used to know some guys, and these guys used to rob, you know, the, the trucks that move money from banks to banks? I think they're called armored trucks. And these guys used to rob these trucks. And I, I was always asking, like, let me go with you. Let me go with you. And they would tell me, like, you're, you're too young. You have no experience. I would say thing at the moment. Well, one day, they were one man short. And they looked for me everywhere. And they were not able to find me. And that day, they went and everything went wrong. They got shot. Two of them got shot. And the other two guys got put into jail. God protect me. They were, they were not able to find me that day. My sister, the one that I'm telling you that she had a crack addiction for years, one day she stole from me drug money, drugs, and, 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 and U.S. money was like maybe $1,300. And maybe you say that's not really much, but remember, this is Costa Rica. And this is uh, 19, uh, 1997. So it was like the triple. And if you know anything about drugs, that was my responsibility. So any other guy would just get a shoot in their face and that's it. Because that was my responsibility. But the drug lord, he said to me, you will pay every penny. I never did. He forgave me. He forgave my, my, my sister for doing that. Who does that? God. God was always protecting me. I used to have six friends. Uh, Teresa, you have the third picture? I used to have six friends. And these guys, they were my brothers. We used to be always together. We, they used to go to my house. They used to eat in my house. They used to wear my clothes. They used to sleep in my house. And, and some of them, today they're dead. You see the guy with the D on top? His name was Douglas. He was just a little kid. He was 14 years old. And he got stopped multiple times until he died. 14 years old. You see the guy in the F with the F? His name was Fabian. 17 years old. He was in a car with other two guys super high on drugs and drunk. The car crashed. The other two guys were fine and my, my friend died. The guy on the bottom, we used to call him Selecta. I didn't even know his name. We always call him Selecta. Selecta died in a drive-by. Do you know what a drive-by is? For those that don't know what a drive-by is, there's people in the corner, there's people in the park, and a car will pass by and shoot until everything is dead. And that's how my friend Selecta died. There's another one. I was not able to find a picture. His name was Christian. Christian died from a single stop in his heart. And he died in the middle of the street. Nobody helped him while he was bleeding out. These were my friends. That's the lie I was living. That's the stuff that God protect me. The other two guys, they're in jail today. I'm the only one. I'm the only one that is able to tell the story. Because the mercy of God protect me. And I remember multiple, multiple uh, uh, years in the future. I'm very emotional. And I'm talking to my, my, my brother, the, 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 the pastor. And I'm very emotional about my friends. And I was asking him, why, why God will protect me and don't protect them? And my brother said, say, say something powerful. 
He said, because I never let you go on my prayers. So mom, dad, you're listening to me today. Those listening in the streaming, do not give up on your prayers. Your prayers work. The only reason I'm alive today is because my brother never let me go on his prayers. Hallelujah. At 19 years old, I was the right hand of the drug lord. I was the right hand of the drug lord. I was the only person allowed to sell weed in his own territory. Drug lords, they have territories and nobody else can sell anything in their territory. That's why there's always shootings. That's, a, that's why there's always fights. Because somebody thinks it's okay to go to other territory and sell stuff. I was the right hand. And at this point, the, the police knew who I was. They knew what I was doing. And God in His mercy, He pulled me from, Puerto, uh, from Costa Rica and take me to Norwalk, Connecticut. And from Norwalk, Connecticut, I go back to Puerto Rico. The place that I wanted to be. So I'm not dealing with drugs anymore. I'm not dealing with, uh, with anything related with drugs. But my heart is still the same. So I'm living with my brother. My brother is a minister. So I go to church on Tuesdays. I go to church on Thursdays. I go to church on Saturdays. But Fridays and, and, and Saturdays, I'm going out party. I'm drinking. I'm going out with different women. I was living a sinful life. I did that from when, since I was 19 to 22. At some point, my, my brother, he realized what I was doing and he kicked me out of his house. Because he was not okay with the life I was living. So I lost my job. And for six months, I was not able to find anything. So I don't, I don't have the money to pay my rent. I don't have money to eat. I used to ask people for, for two, five dollars so I can buy bread. Just bread so I can eat all day. That was my situation. And uh, at this moment, the landlord wants to kick me out because I don't have money to pay my rent. So I'm against the wall. I'm against the wall. And I'm thinking my only solution is going back to Costa Rica again. But I know if I go back to Costa Rica, I'm going to go back to the same thing. So in that very moment, in that very moment, I started to remember my dream. And how bad I wanted to get out of that life and be in Puerto Rico. And God in His mercy, He pulled me out from, from Costa Rica, take me to Puerto Rico, and I was still living a sinful life. In that very moment, I got so much conviction from the Holy Spirit. And I repent. I ask God for forgiveness. And I, and I remember that it was like God was waiting for me to say something. God was waiting for me to say something because in, in about days, everything changed. I was able to find a job. A, a, a couple from church asked me to stay in their house so, so, uh, while I was, you know, looking for an apartment. And then three months, maybe four months later, I met Mari. And we have been together for 19 years now. But it was because the mercy of God. He protected me. He reminded me of, of my dream. Guys, that's why I'm telling you, if you don't have a dream, 
You need to, God, you need to ask God for one. Because that dream is going to give you a purpose. It's going to give you a desire. That dream is going to keep you alive. Let me tell you that He reminded me my dream. And that dream that I had is, 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 still, is still keeping me going. Until today, still today, God is teaching me that Him and I, me and God, we are the winning thing. That you and God are the winning team. Still today, God is teaching me that I'm able to do anything that I can according to His will. He's teaching me that I can do it. Guys, we can do it. Hallelujah. Can you guys put your hands together for Jesus? Hallelujah. George Bernard Shaw was an Irish thinker. And he used to say, got it right here. Hallelujah. George Bernard Shaw used to say, Dream of things that never were and ask yourself, why not? Think about things that never were and ask yourself, why not? You realize that everything that we use, that we have today, Someone dream it first. I mean, the, the lights, the cameras, the cell phones we have. Someone one day dream about it first and ask themselves, why not? Why? I mean, did you guys remember how the telephone started? I remember in my generation, we used to have a, a phone and that phone used to come with a small cord. And we cannot go anywhere because we have a small core. We cannot go anywhere. And then we thought we were brilliant because somebody came up with a long core idea. <laughs> so, now, so now we can walk around. Now we can walk to the kitchen, to the living room because we have a long core. Right? And then somebody say, why not? Why not? And they came up with the first mobile phone. Did you guys remember the first mobile phone? It used to come in a suitcase this big. It used to put it around your neck. And you used to go to the mall, and it was about this big. And it had an antenna that you shop up in there. And you're bragging because you have your mobile phone. Until somebody say, why not? Why not? And they came up with the cell phone. The cell phone that we have today. Someone says that the difference between cell phone... And people, as the cell phones, are getting thinner and smarter. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me if it's true or not. Hallelujah. So, think about things that we don't have yet and ask yourself, why not? Ask God to give you a dream. Because this dream is going to keep you alive. And if you don't have a dream yet, let me tell you that you need to hang out with people it does because you will become like the people that you are hanging out with that's why i'm so thankful to have my wife in my life she's such a dreamer she's like a giant killer she's always looking for something always looking for something to conquer in my house i always tell people that in my house she's like the accelerator and i'm the brakes <laughs> no really this is true she always like when something happened in my house I will be like, like uh, uh, this is me. Okay, 
Let's pray about it and see what God is going to do. And Mary's like, where, when, when? We can do it. That's her. So I'm so thankful. Did you guys remember Pinky and the Brain? Y'all remember? Pinky and the Brain, it was two white mouse. And there was the silly, goofy one, obviously me. And then there was the Brain. And, and, and the goofy one, Pinky, he would go and say, Hey, what are we going to do today? And, and the Brain would say, We will conquer the world. That's my wife. That, that, that's, that's why I'm so thankful. So if you don't have a dream today, please hang out with people that does. Because you will become like the people that you are hanging out with. And since we're talking about uh, dreams, I would like to share a few things about Joseph. Since we're talking about dreams. The Bible says that, that God gave Joseph a world-changing dream. Amen? Let's go real quick over there. Genesis 37.5. Genesis 37.5. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It says, Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. So there's two things we can learn from Joseph right away. First, you need to be careful with whom you share your dreams. Because not everybody is going to be happy with your dream. Not everybody's going to be happy with the things you want to do. And the second thing is that your dream is going to go through the desert. Your dream is going to have to go through the fire. Think about Moses. Moses... He's told that he's going to be the, the savior of the Israelites. And what happened next? He needs to go to the, to the desert for 40 years. Think about David. David is anointed to be king. And what happened next? He needs to run to the wilderness, to the desert, because King Saul wanted to kill him. Think about Joseph. Joseph get a world-changing dream. And in reality... What God was telling Joseph is, I'm going to use you. Because in the future, it's going to be seven years of, of fanning. And I'm going to use you as a tool to save your family. To save the people of Egypt. And to save all the other countries around Egypt. But his family did not understand that. And the Bible said that his brother hated him even more. So Joseph get a world changing dream. And what happened next? He's betrayed. He's sold as a slave. He's put into jail. He's unfairly accused in the house of Potiphar. And even though everything went down the hill, Joseph's heart never changed. Never changed. And I want you to share this and, and with you. And this is to me the most important part of this, uh, the sermon. Genesis 37, 19, 20. Genesis 37, 19, 20. They say one to another, Here comes a dreamer. Come now. Let us kill him and throw him into one of these pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him. And we will see what will become of his dreams. The Holy Spirit was uh, teaching me 
when I was putting this together, that every time someone starts to dream, every time someone say, this time I'm going to do it. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to get serious with God. I'm going to do it. I'm going to chase my dream. Every time someone say that, the devil will say, Huh, here comes the dreamer. Look, let's put some discourage. Let's put some fear. Let's put some trouble. And then we will see what happened to his dreams. Do you know how many dreams die because of this? How many dreams die on the way? Because of this. How many people die on the way because of this? I mean, look at my friends. We were kids. 14, 16, 17, 20. I believe that I have dreams too. But they were deceived by the devil. And they die on the way. Please, if you're going to forget everything about this sermon today, don't forget this. Here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. The devil is going to come against your dream. He wants to steal your dream. He wants to steal the seed that God put in your heart. Do not give up. Do not give up. Let me tell you, if God promised you something, He will do it. He will do it. He will not let you die until you see your dream come true. Let me say that again. He will not let you die until you see your dream come true. I feel like somebody needs to grab that and make it your own in Jesus' name. Do not give up. Do not give up. God has given you the ability to dream. But He also has given you the ability to chase those dreams. To make them true. Don't you think they, be, don't you think they will be very cruel if God gives you the ability to dream, but not the ability to chase those dreams? To reach them and, be, and make them real, it would be very cruel. So it is God's will for you to chase your dreams, to grab them and dream harder and make them happen in Jesus' name. There's three things that I want to share with you that Joseph did while, while everything, all this stuff was happening to him. Number one, he was always serving. While he was in the house of his father, he was serving. While he was a slave, he was serving. While he was in Potiphar's house, he was serving. When he was put into jail, he was serving. He always walked in integrity. The Bible says that one day, Joseph was in uh, Potiphar's house, and Miss Potiphar, she was there. She was trying to hit on Joseph. And I'm pretty sure she was wearing, you know, sexy dress, showing a lot of leg, you know. <laughs> because the enemy understand that men are visual. The enemy understand that. There is a very famous speaker. His name is uh, Dr. Rockland. You guys ever heard about him? Dr. Rockland. And Dr. Rockland say the woman... Women, they like everything romantic. You know, they like romantic dinners. They like little presents. They like to walk outside grabbing hands. They like big surprises and balloons. And he said the men, men only like women, or men only want women to show up naked and carry food. 
That's the difference between man and woman, according to Dr. Rotland. So if you have a problem with that, send that message to Dr. Rotland. Because he said it. And he's a doctor. Okay? So the, so the enemy understands that we are visual. The men are visual. So Miss Potiphar is over there trying to hit on Joseph. And Joseph see what's coming, and the Bible says that he ran away. There, there's a saying that we, we Spanish, we always say this. We say, it's better to say, here he wrong, than here he died. <laughs> really, it's a very good saying. You should apply it in your life. Here he wrong, than here he died. And that's what Joseph did. He chose to run away. Don't, don't think that you're brave. Don't stay there. It's better to run. Because if you stay there, I can do it. I can do it. I'm man enough. I'm going to do it. You're not doing anything. All you're going to do is screw up. So it's better for you to run. Walking in integrity. There will be times in your life where people come and say, Hey, do it this way. Do it this way. And your dream is going to, you know, you're going to get to your dream faster. But if it's not according to what God tells you, don't do it. Because that's not the right way. Hallelujah. Joseph always walked in integrity. And number three, he was always helping people with their dreams. The Bible says that he helped the baker with his dream. He helped the, the, the butler with his dream. He helped Pharaoh with his dream. My question to you is, who are you helping today? The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 8, Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same thing, the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. So whatever you do to people, God will do to you. So I'm asking you again, who are you helping today to fulfill your dreams? Find someone and help them. In Jesus' name. And the most important thing about Joseph is while everything is going on, imagine Joseph, he was betrayed by his family, his brothers. So he's a slave now. He goes to Potiphar's house. He's doing everything right. And then he's unfairly accused. And he goes to jail. All this stuff going on. But while everything is happening, he never forget about his dream. He never give up on his dream. Genesis 40, 14, 15. Genesis 40, 14, 15 says, But remember me. This is Joseph, Joseph talking to the butler. But remember me when it is well with you. And please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to the Pharaoh. And get me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews. He's saying, this is not my dream. This is not what God promised me. This is not what God said to me. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews. And also I have done nothing here that they should put me into this dungeon. It took Joseph 22 years to fulfill his dream. How long is thanking you to fulfill your dream? 
Some of us, God gave us a word long time ago. And we probably, we just put it on a shelf because it's been so long. But God is telling you today, I haven't forgotten about you. Keep fighting for your dream. Keep chasing your dream. My dream kept me alive. That day when I was in Puerto Rico, if I, I, if I choose to go back to Costa Rica, where I will be today? Maybe I would be dead. Maybe I would be in jail. I don't know. But my dream, that dream that God put in my heart, saved my life. That's why I'm telling you today, guys, it's so important. Get a dream. A dream is like energy to your soul. When you get a dream, you get a purpose. When you get a dream, you, you want to get up in the morning and go to work to plan ahead. Get a dream. God, let me tell you that God has have a dream for everybody in this room. Just pray, God, show me. And if you already know, pray, God, let me go through this. Because at the end, if He promised you, He will do it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There is a Bible verse that every time I read it, it really blows my mind. Let's go to Genesis 11.6. Genesis 11.6. This is when men were building the Bible Tower. And the Bible says that God went down there to check what were they doing. And this is what He says. And the Lord say, listen to this, this is powerful. If as one people... Speaking the same language, they have begun to this, begun to do this. Then nothing, say with me, nothing. Then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Pastor Angela, this is this is a prophetic word for this church. Guys, somebody say amen to the to this. If of one people, listen. If of one people. Speaking the same language, walking in the same vision, walking in the same heart, they have begun to do this. Then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Now let me ask you, who said this? God. Now let me ask you again, is God a liar? Does God change His mind? God is saying that anything that you plan to do, and don't give up. It will be not impossible to you. Just keep fighting. Just keep swimming. Like Nemo. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Don't give up. God cares for your dream. If God gives you a dream, He will do it. Don't forget that. I'm almost done. Maybe some of you say, you know what, Jonathan? Everything you're saying is very nice and very pretty. And your testimony is really touching. But I'm all, you know, I'm, I'm all. I've been waiting for so long and nothing has happened. Let me tell you that Ray Kroc was 54 years old when he quit his job in Chicago and he started a hamburger chain called McDonald's. He was 54 years old. Moses was 80 when he started working in his ministry. Coronel Sanders was 65 years old when he started working and doing Kentucky Fried Finger Licking Good Chicken. <laughs> 65. 
My God, I'm not even in my prime yet. I'm not even in my prime yet. You're not even in your prime yet. God is telling you today, don't give up. Don't give up. We're about to get in the best years of our life. How many of you can agree with me? Anybody else believe that we can dream no matter what people say? Yes, we can. We have a purpose. We have a dream. We can do it. With God, we can change the world. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet tonight. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Musicians. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I I would like to make an altar call. If God gave you a dream, and if for some reason you feel like that dream is it's been forgotten. Please come to the front. We'd like to pray for you. Prayer partners, please come and help me. And if you feel like you don't have a dream yet, that you're confused, you don't know what's going on, please come to the front. We would like to pray for you. God has a dream for all of us. That dream is going to change your life. Guys, can you please play something sweet? Yeah, go for it. Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. If you feel like for so long you've been waiting and nothing has happened, please come to the front. We would like to pray for you. We would like to pray for direction. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Brashke. Brashke. The darkest night You can light it up You can light it up
couple of minutes just to be thankful to Him for what He's doing in your life. Just from your own words. Say, Lord, thank you for loving me, for taking care of me, for giving me a dream that I can chase. And not only chase it, to be able, only to, also to be able to grab it and make it mine. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Do as you please. Do as you please. Broche que, broche que reba. Brindo robo coto robo ken. Chondo robo coto robo ken de rebequia. Ito robo condo robo kia rimandore. Broche que rebequen de rebequia ribasaya. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. 